Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can anybody chase down Oklahoma State and Texas, not just in the power rankings for the Big 12 watch, but also in the conference? Or do we just already know our Big 12 championship game? That's coming up on today's show. Also, my laptop's back. The quality is back, hopefully. Uh, Let me know how everything sounds and looks, folks. It's Tank Top Tuesday. It's starting to get cold in some places. We had to bring the heat. So every Tuesday be Tank Top Tuesday when we release the power rankings here in the Big 12. Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Make sure you all like the video and subscribe to the channel. That's the best way to support this show. Also, find us wherever you guys get your podcast. You can find us on X slash Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can also find this show wherever you get your podcasts as uh, well. And you guys can find me on X and Twitter at Josh neighbors underscore. The reason why you'd want to do that is because we are red hot on big 12 best bets. We really been pretty good all year, but last two weeks we are 10 and two overall against the spread and, and folks um, Baylor keeps killing or and as this week was Cincinnati and UCF um, and on the season guys, we're 64% on the year positive uh if you want to be winning money you need to be 52.4 in terms of betting we are uh way above that at 64 percent. so make sure you all tag along on that uh five stars to where we get the podcast so yeah folks this is um this is crunch time and really good news is as it's crunch time for football basketball begins brian etheridge and company we got the go ahead uh over from the big channel 365 sports we're going to keep all of our basketball coverage right here. I know it's crystal ball college football, but big man says, let's keep it here. And I agree with him. So all things, big 12 hoops, which we'll be breaking down and getting into as the season goes along. Once again, mostly football here, because there's a whole lot to sort out in a big 12 football season. A uh, big 12 hoops is celebrated as well on this show. We'll have coverage of that. So first thing is first, when we are discussing the big 12 standings and big 12 tie break scenarios, Let's just look at the Big 12 standings. Let's understand where we are. With three games left to play in the season, this is where things currently sit. All right. The Texas Longhorns are number one right now. Uh, you know, I think they're like high, highest ranking, right? And whatnot. Uh, obviously, number seven in the country. Oklahoma State is number 15. And we're getting the CFP rankings coming out here, too. But like this is just AP poll, right? And those two teams are are right there at five and one. They are the top two teams in the league. They will not play each other. So that hurts for a couple reasons. Um, That hurts the teams behind them 
because if those two teams played Oklahoma State and Texas, there'd be guarantees that one of them would have a loss, right? And so that's what that's why it hurts the group behind them. It's nice for uh, Texas uh, and Oklahoma State because yeah, there's there's no guarantee that they're going to have a, lo- a loss to one of those, you know, another team. Uh, and also, you know, the negative would be there's no tiebreak opportunity for them to, to game. Um, then you have a group of one, two, three, four, five teams in third place. So last week we had five teams tied for first. That is flipped. And mostly it's flipped because we knew we know that two teams will be dropping down to the two loss rank, right? We know that Iowa, or excuse me, that uh, between Texas and K-State and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, you know, only one team could win, which means one team in each one of those games had to lose. And one of those teams uh, in each one of those games would get a second loss, right? So uh, those dropped them down. But the big swing game was Iowa State and Kansas because Kansas had two losses. Iowa State had one. KU wins the game, and now they still have two losses. Iowa State now joins the party at the two-loss group. And I believe this is a group by who would win the tiebreaker right now. So the big thing is, look, if, if both Iowa, uh, Oklahoma State and Texas win out, we know that they, uh, they'll be going right to the Big 12 championship game. If they start losing, this is where it gets complicated, right? The three or more teams tiebreaker, or the two-team tiebreaker, let's go with that first. Um, if you've played a head to head game, right, it's just going to go to that. So, uh, Oklahoma state, if they were to lose, they've got tie breaks over Kansas, over, uh, Oklahoma and over K state, right? So that's a really good spot for them to be in because they have got tie breaks over three of the teams up there. The one team they don't is Iowa state, right? Iowa state beat them, but you're kind of thinking about Iowa state schedule BYU, Texas at K-State. Man, it feels like there's at least one more loss in there. So as good as Iowa State's been, and you can't technically count them out, the fact that you can't technically count them out at this point in the season is a win to me. But guys, I think it's pretty safe to say, like it's it's hard to, you know, it's hard to look at that group and say they are going to go go ahead and go on. West Virginia is there at four and two. They're at OU, Cincinnati and at Baylor. Guys, if West Virginia beats Oklahoma this week, They've got a very good opportunity to be just, uh, you know, end this thing up at two losses. Um, the thing for them is they have already lost to Oklahoma State, right? So they kind of need something extra to happen. They need some serious help to get in, right? They need Oklahoma State to drop a couple games, and they have not beat, you know, they have no wins against anybody in the Big 12 title picture. While West Virginia is beating inferior competition, which good teams do, and they should be applauded for that. They do not have any wins. They haven't had the chance to have any wins, but they have not had wins over teams in the Big 12 championship, in the Big 12 uh, you know, conversation as well. So that has to be noted for West Virginia, right? Just kind of thinking about where these teams sit right now. But that, that's where, you know, head-to-head, that, that'd be the uh, first tiebreak. And um, then what you would do from there is you'd go winning percentage against the next highest-placed common opponent in the standings, right? So, uh, you know, and that's my understanding is that's the teams below them. It's not the teams above them. It's the teams below them, right? The next highest. Um, so if it's you, the next highest is the team below you. At least that is the way that I understand it. The same thing applies for a three team, right? The same thing applies. So if you have a three team tie break, the event of a three team tie break, it's head to head best cumulative winning percentage in games among tied teams. If not every tied team has played each other, go to step two, right? So if we had 
Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Oklahoma all tied. And that is something that is that's very possible, right? If Oklahoma State were to lose a game, Kansas were to win out, and Oklahoma were to win out, right? All those teams would have two losses, and you would say, okay, Oklahoma State beat Kansas, they beat OU, and they would put that would put them into the championship game. Um, so that is what we're looking at. And once again, guys, like it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to catch them. Oklahoma state, while they might not be as good as Texas, they're almost harder to catch than Texas is because of how many of all these wins they've racked up against these schools that are right there right now, Texas, you know, they do have a win against Kansas and they do have a win against K state and they get a chance against Iowa state. The bad news for uh, Texas is they do have a loss to Oklahoma. So if that were to be squared up, Oklahoma would get the advantage there. But I think there could be a situation where we go to you know common whatever, and, and then you keep going on. So um, that's the one team they have to avoid being tied with. But really, Oklahoma State like in a pretty strong position because they've got the tiebreak over most of those schools. I mean, guys, out of the schools that have two losses, this is crazy. Oklahoma State's got wins over Kansas, Oklahoma, K State, and West Virginia. Right. I mean, they've beaten the entire group except for Iowa State. That shows you how strong they've been. They're three. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. Uh, they're four and one against that group. Right. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Four and one against that group. So really good job by them. That gets us to this week's uh, power rankings. All right. When you look at this week's Big 12 power rankings and you think about, you know, how I've done this and how I group them together, uh, I usually like part of it is performance. Part of it is, hey, if you played on neutral field, who would I be favoring? And so that's how we arrived to where we are. And look, there, there's actually not much of a change at the top. You see a lot of uh, static, and the uh, three of the top four have not really changed that much. Texas is right where they are. Oklahoma State is right where they were and you know still are at one and two. Kansas jumps up two spots uh, to number three, right? And they've got to be behind the two teams they've lost to. But also, K-State has lost to those two teams as well. And I just feel better about Kansas's performances uh, as opposed to K-State's. Now, the saving grace for K-State is, hey, look, you didn't play very well against Texas, and neither did Kansas, but you didn't play very well against Texas, and uh, you are right there. But I thought, and both Kansas and K-State played Texas, right? Uh, K-State was closer to beating Texas, but both teams numerically got dominated. The one thing Texas did have against Kansas was Quinn Ewers. They did not have that and big time mistakes cost them and made that game very close in the end, right? The Oklahoma state game sure was one possession, but K state really got dominated in that game. Kansas did not. And you could argue should have won that game. So you're splitting hairs. You could easily put K state ahead. You could say, Hey man, until Kansas beats K state, like, you know, I have to see it to, to believe it. Sure. It's fine. But this is a Kansas team. They just won against Iowa State in the road. They just beat uh, you know, Oklahoma, obviously, the prior week. And before that, they played Oklahoma State very close as well, too. So the results are saying Kansas is a good team. That's why I've got Kansas right there at the, the number three spot and K-State right there at the number four spot. But you look at that top four, man. This is a this is a it's not the strongest top four, right? If you think about other leagues, like if you think about Let's just go with, I'm looking right now, the ACC that might not be the best example. The ACC is hilarious this year, right? I, I would say the Big 12 top four is better than the ACC top four. It's FSU, Louisville, Georgia Tech, and uh, Duke, and then Carolina. And like that is a flimsy top five, right? It's a very, very flimsy top five. You look at this top five, 
Texas, Oklahoma State, Kansas, K-State, and Oklahoma. It's not the strongest thing I've ever seen in the world, but like still, those are really good schools, really good teams. Um, and those are not all top 20 teams. You know, I would say that Louisville's top 20 team, Florida State's top 20 team, Georgia Tech's not, Duke with Riley Leonard might be, right? Carolina, no, definitely not. So you're kind of seeing what, I, what I'm getting at here with, with those schools, right? You think about a conference uh, like the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State puts you in such a great spot, sure, but who is the fourth best team in the Big Ten? The Big Ten's got a better top three, but depth-wise, and look, I mean, I'm not even sure Penn State's that good, uh, to be honest with you, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that's that good of a team. But, like, is Iowa the fourth best team? Is you know, is Wisconsin the fourth best team? I mean, maybe nobody from that East is. Maybe it's Rutgers, right? That's where you're at with the Big Ten, a big, a really good top three. But you go past that, you're wondering. U.S., uh, the Pac-12, very good with their top four. Washington, obviously, is still undefeated. Oregon's really good. USC is still somehow, uh, you know, number three. But you go down to Arizona, and then you go down to Oregon State, and you go down to Utah. Like those are all really good schools. So I mean, they've got some more depth there, uh, you know. And I would say I'd still give them a depth edge. And the SEC, obviously, between Georgia and Missouri, is really good. And Alabama is really coming on strong. So like LSU is very good. But like, so it's not the best top four, but still, it's really competitive. And you keep going down the line, top five and top seven. I mean, you really like it's a very good top seven. The Big Twelve has. That's a very, very good top seven. West Virginia is a good team. Iowa State is a good team. Like if we were to do a Big 12, um, Big 10 challenge where you did the top seven, there's a very good, there's a very good chance, y'all, that, uh, that, you know, if we're just doing by the rankings, whatever, yeah, that Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all go, you know, all win their games. But I mean, if you go four the rest of the way down, four through seven, like the Big 12 might win the rest of those games. Right. They just have some, I mean, they just like their teams are a bit better. They're a bit more equipped. They've got better athletes. It feels like, you know, I would say that CJ Donaldson and Jaheim White are kind of better playmakers than a lot of guys you're seeing on some of these Big Ten teams uh, this year. So, uh, you know, I would, you know, I would say that's, that's totally possible. I mean, the, the Pac 12's top seven is an exception. The top seven in the Big 12 is definitely better than the ACC's top seven. I, I think that's pretty fair to say. So the Big 12 is, is cooking with that that top four group and maybe even down to the top seven, which gets me to the rest, right? Uh, Oklahoma there at number five in this thing, down two spots. You know, I feel better about West Virginia at this moment in time, but they're going to play this week. OU's back home, and I kind of like OU's chances to settle things down, but I think West Virginia, with the way they're playing, has a very good opportunity to put a sincere scare into Oklahoma this week. Also down the line as well, West Virginia up one spot after their win last week. Uh, they took care of business in a big way over a ailing BYU team. Iowa State is down a spot to number seven after losing to Kansas. Uh, I don't think there's too much of a difference between, I think West Virginia's got some better talent. I think Iowa State on a, you know, maybe is more, um, more well-rounded overall, right? I think if you account for their defense, and look, I know West Virginia's defense was good last week, right? But I think, West Virginia's offense is better than Iowa State's. Uh, Iowa State's defense is a lot better, I think, than West Virginia's uh, offense. Although Iowa State, you know, they got had a little bit last week, but still they stopped the run really well against a very good Kansas rushing attack. So I think they should still be, you know, uh, respected, and they're definitely a top-half team. Texas Tech's up two spots to number eight with the return of Baron Morton and the win against TCU. 
UCF, they're going to be up two spots to number nine after picking up their first Big 12 win. I did have some problems, though. I was kind of struggling. What should I do with number nine and number 10, right? TCU as the number 10 ranked team or my number 10 power ranked team. Uh, you know, I think that they could like they could be Texas this week. I actually think that could happen, right? Uh, they've had their number. They did it last year. It was pretty dominant. There's a backup quarterback. It's a big spot. Sonny Dykes has won big games before, but that is not what this TCU team looks like this year. They played UCF neutral field. I don't know. It'd be a pretty interesting game, I think. And I think TCU, once again, they still have some athletes. It's not like the team is totally deficient of players. It's just they're not very good right now, to be honest. Um, and that's the part that's been you know, really challenging for them. They just, they just don't look very good. Houston at number 11. I, I'm, I feel like Houston's got some serious upside. Like I know their big loss has happened, but got some serious upside moving forward. And I feel like Donovan Smith is a huge reason why this team has been, uh, you know, it's, has got multiple big 12 conference wins because that's not something that we can say for a lot of teams in this league. Right. Um, you know, it's not a situation we're looking at with a, a BYU right now, right? BYU is two and four in the league, but you kind of look at those games. Okay, they played Cincinnati at home, and they also got the win over Texas Tech with the third stringer, uh, which good for them. That's still a win, but like I feel better about Houston's efforts against Texas, the Hail Mary game, whatever flip game, but like they could have gotten a stop there in the very end and won that game. And then they beat Baylor on the road. Baylor's not very good, but Houston's got some guys. The roster's not full but they've got some guys and like if you ask me which quarterback i want i think the perception is john rice plumley is better than donovan smith i'd rather have donovan smith over john rice plumley to be honest um i'd rather have a more dependable passer and and donovan can run some not as well as jrp but donovan's a more dependable runner like i just think he's a you know i'd rather have the the group houston's kind of running with right now and i know i've got them below ucf but like just generally i feel the, my feeling about them is better Ranking wise, sure. Like I think, I think UCF's got more players that are good uh, at the skill positions. But like Houston's got some guys on def the defensive line that are really good. Houston's got some guys at wide receiver who are very good. And they won without them this week. They've got a quarterback that I think continues to get better. I think next year, guys, Donovan Donovan Smith's got a real good chance to be a uh, to be a significant player like in this in this league. I think I think he's going to have a chance to be not just a top half quarterback in this league, but think about the fact that, you know, we'll see with Quinn Ewers what happens. Alan Bowman's moving on. Jason Bean's gone. We'll see if Jalen Daniels can stay healthy. Will Howard's got a decision to make on his future. Dylan Gabriel obviously will be off in the league. And Quinn Ewers too off, off uh, out of the league. Garrett Green, I feel the same way with. Rocco Beck's improving. Baron Morton, you know, we, he's been hurt a whole lot. Um, Josh Hoover, we'll see what the TCU quarterback situation is. And then you think about the new guys coming in. You have a Noah Fafita. We'll see with Cam Rising, right? Um, you know, we think about Jaden Rashad at Arizona State. We haven't seen enough about him or enough of him. So there's so many question marks at quarterback in this league next year that Donovan Smith's a returner. And by virtue of being a returner, he makes him a, a pretty significant player in the league. But also, too, I think he's a really solid and good, uh, good player. So I think that that should count, too. All right, BYU down three spots. I've got them ahead of Baylor. I don't know if they're better than Baylor, but uh, I've got them down three spots right now. They still have five wins. Baylor is just scrounging. I've got them in Cincinnati in the same spot. So it's tough for those teams. But yeah, man, like right now, I mean, in the standings and also too in the power rankings, Texas and Oklahoma State have a stranglehold because of what they've accomplished. 
Uh, and I just don't know if anybody's going to catch them right now with that schedule. That, you know, they've got some difficult games left, right? Texas is going to have three schools that desperately want to beat them. They've got a stretch of three teams, TCU, who's had some success against them, Iowa State, Iowa State, excuse me, and then Texas Tech. All three have either had success or want to, you know, give them a kick in the ass out the door as they're all remaining Big 12 teams. And we've seen Texas make mistakes. Oklahoma State, they've got a little bit easier of a schedule, but still you have to stay in locked in, locked focus. And um, it's not like they're an overwhelming type team, Oklahoma State, right? They're really solid in all these places, but they're not overwhelming. And so if you give them like your best shot, you could beat them. You could beat them. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. Some midweek thoughts, some basketball thoughts coming as well. Once again, this is the Big 12 Watch. Make sure you find us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. All right, folks, talk to you tomorrow.